0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Dundee finally break their SPFL vote silence But only to confirm that they've not yet made up their mind Partick Thistle claim their legal advice suggests the resolution should already be dead in the water And the SPFL board are meeting as we speak to try and clear up this mess Not to worry, the following two will have this mess cleared up Quick time, Gordon DL and Roger Hanna well, normally, Gordon, at six o'clock on a Tuesday night, you hand over to me and look for me to say something insightful, witty and informative. But in light of everything in the last few days in Scottish football, I've decided I'm going to hold back from seeing any such thing tonight. But in keeping with it all, please expect me to issue a statement any time between now and eight o'clock. Uh, great. We are here until eight o'clock, so I'm hoping you're going to offer a bit more between now and then. Gordon <laughs> DL, give us your... Expert insight into what on earth is going on at the moment I'm in the dark like everybody else Gordon I've got to say what was supposed to be a simple yes or no Has turned into nobody knows what's going on Really nobody knows what's going on We need answers, we need people to come out and explain Exactly what the situation is It should have been simple But as Scottish football, it's never simple We don't do simple We do give you the chance to have your say though 0141 951 1025 And on Twitter at Clyde SSB Don't hang about, get in touch right now And let us know what your take on all this is I mean Roger, let's go to the biggest news If you can call it that from today And let's take a look at Dundee's timeline Friday night, did they vote? Didn't they vote? The vote apparently arrives But only after uh, advising the league not to consider said vote um, right, here's what would go some way to clearing this up Everyone's thinking at the weekend Let's hear from Dundee Nothing on Friday night A war of statements over the weekend To Sunday, still nothing from Dens Park It was holiday Monday, right enough Still nothing Finally today, what everyone was waiting on Never has Scottish football hung on Dundee's every word like they are at the moment Finally it arrives And it just says that they've not yet made up their mind Yeah, and I think uh, technically They've got 28 days from last Wednesday when the resolution was put out by the SPFL board to clubs to allow them to make up their mind. So John Nelms doesn't appear to be in any rush. I think the other 41 clubs in the board itself are in a rush for him to make his mind up. But there's nothing to actually push John Nelms into making a decision. I thought it would be made today. I think most people in Scottish football thought it would be made today. But he just can't seem to decide whether he's going to stick with what on Friday afternoon many thought was a no vote or whether he's going to change his mind to what on Tuesday evening many believe is ultimately going to be a yes vote. Yeah, never has no news been such big news. The Dundee statement arrived and it's you know it's extremely bare in detail. It says over the last few days we've entered into various positive discussions with reconstruction at the forefront of these. Given our discussions and considering all aspects, we don't feel we are in a position to comment further on the resolution that was put forward. Oh, you've got to yeah, ask the question. Sorry, Roger, you've got to ask the question, Gordon. That we are led to believe they did vote on Friday. Then they decided, no, we want to withdraw that and they want time. Roger's right. They've got to 28 days by rules and regulations. When the situation, I don't think, I think that has to go out the, the, the window just now. I think common sense has got to come somewhere along the line. We've got to make decisions. There are clubs going to be shutting their doors very, very shortly. I'm not saying to shut down the league, but we've got to find a way somewhere to get cash to clubs for them to survive 
And then I, I just don't know what the big rush was last week. I think we rushed into it. We left ourselves wide open. I think they really did leave ourselves wide open. But as much as, yes, rules and regulations, I've heard it all before, common sense has surely got to come. And listen to us, I agree, but you'll find common sense is a commodity that's always in short supply in Scottish football. It falls way behind self-interest when decisions have to be taken. Um, Dundee looked as if they were going to be in a pact with Partick Thistle and Inverness. Cali Thistle, that would have given the Championship three no votes. The whole resolution would have fallen had there been three no votes. And indeed, Partick Thistle issued their own statement earlier this afternoon. They have taken legal advice from Queen's Council. And that legal advice is that the Dundee vote that was stuck somewhere between Dens Park and Hamden on Sunday, sorry, Friday, I should say, finally arrived late on Friday, by which time did they had asked the SPFL to disregard any vote that was coming. But Patrick Thistle's legal advice today is that when that vote landed, regardless of any phone calls or other communications, that vote should have counted. The Championship should have voted 7-3 and the SPFL board's resolution should have fallen on Friday. Yeah, we are going to get to Partick Thistle's statement in the not-too-distant future. Let's try and start at, at, at the beginning, if we can, Roger, because it, it was quite a weekend. No action on the field, yet Scottish football explodes into life off of it. The, the main questions, because there are many, but if we try and simplify it and boil it down to the sort of main issues, the main one would be, what happened between Dundee's intent to vote no... And their change of heart, if, if you can call it that Their, their decision to, to, to withhold that What happened in that time? That That's the sort of one question that I think has Got everyone talking, got everyone speculating Got conspiracy theorists dreaming Yeah, well, we'd certainly like to ask John Nelms that question um, I think Scott Gardner at Inverness And Jackie Lowe and Jerry Britton at Partick Thistle Would like to ask Scott Gardner that question so I'd like to ask John Nelms that question, I should say, as would Neil Doncaster. Did he make a mistake with the technology and then take cold feet and think he was going to wanted to you know change his mind? Um, did he realise at that stage that Dundee could be the kingmakers, that the way the voting was going, Dundee could actually have an enormous say in the way Scottish football moved forward? Was it a, you know, a situation that other people tried to sway him one way or the other and he got himself all in a fankle and all mixed up? And if so, it's a fankle that four days on he still hasn't managed to get himself out of. So the statement doesn't clear anything up. The statement indeed put out on Friday muddied waters as well. Um, he does not take any calls from journalists, hasn't done since Friday. Sounds to me as if he hasn't been taking many calls from some of the other people that would like to speak to him as well. So there are more questions than answers at the minute regarding the conduct of the DFC and their managing director in the last four days. And again, Gordon, I've been, I've been very vague here, but I'm trying to keep it simple. It feels like we've got roughly three sort of s solutions, if you like. You know, you, you do nothing, you, you sit back and you hope that football returns at some time and, and we can finish the season. That would be great on the field. You've got the SPFL's resolution Does this get pushed through We call things as they are We give out placings We give out prize money Or somewhere in the middle Which is kind of the thing that You know that, that Rangers have referenced And some other clubs where We don't call anything at the moment But we come to some sort of Financial arrangement To to help in, in the meantime Everybody will have their opinion Gordon Mine's is quite simple I'm with the third one I, I think we can find a way And once again 
no one's come out and explained why we can't hand out some money to clubs to keep them going for the next month. Buy yourself some time, take a deep breath, get round the table and say, right, if by the end of the month or what, the 10th of June or whatever it may be, we realise this can't go on, this is a decision we're going to come from. Everything was rushed and look at the mess we're now in. We've got Dundee, basically, we're sitting, everybody, journalists, the, the, the board, clubs, everybody's sitting waiting in Dundee coming back with an answer just now. It's absolutely ridiculous what's going on. Roger, because that, you lose sight of the big picture sometimes in, in all of this and, and that's ultimately what, what what people need to know. Where do we go from here? Is it safe to say that those are the main three outcomes that, that face us at the moment? Yeah, I, I would say so. I, I've always been sceptical about restarting the season. I've never really seen how we could hope to settle all of this on the pitch. I know in an ideal world, in an ideal world, all 42 teams would want to finish it on the pitch. Celtic want to try and win the league in the pitch. Rangers want to try and deny Celtic the opportunity on the pitch. Hearts want the opportunity to try and stay up. And, and you can mirror all those challenges right down through the four divisions. But I just can't see how it's going to be feasible. The, the latest medical advice from the government, which has been embraced by the SFA and the SPFL, tells you you can't train until June the 10th. By that stage, and that's assuming, you know, that's a nice early restart and that doesn't get knocked back further. If we say June the 10th, that's going to be three months since players played football. The medical advice is that after an absence of that length of time, and remember a lot of these players are furloughed, they're not been training in any, you know, professional form. The advice is they will need six weeks between this return to training and being in a position where they would be able to go out and play three games a week, which is what they would need to do. First game would be July the 22nd. There are teams in the SPFL who have eight games to play, there are some with nine games to play, there are some with ten games to play. You would then have up to six playoff games. So conceivably for teams in the middle of the championship, like a Broth as an example, you could be asking them to play 16 games of football from the 22nd of July onwards. That would take you well into the month of September, you then have international breaks in September. This doesn't factor in European qualifying ties for, say, Celtic Rangers, Motherwell and Aberdeen. Doesn't factor in the Scottish Cup semi-finals and final that the SFA are desperate to play. Doesn't factor in the Betfred Cup, which, as we sit here, is scheduled to start on July the 11th. Doesn't factor in the fact that UEFA wants Scotland to play eight games in the September, October and November international windows. So... There just aren't going to be enough days in the week to play this football that you know they want to get back and play on the pitch. So I've been sceptical about that. For me, it comes down to either what the SPFL board are wanting to do just now, call their lower leagues and then give them their money and then allow the Premiership a bit more scope just to go on and just to see what can be achieved. Not that I think they're going to play any football. Or... They go the other way, they try and find a method to hand out money for all four divisions and try and give the four divisions a bit more time to look at things. But I just can't see that work, you know, anything being done on the field of play, Gordon. It just for me, it's too fanciful. 01419511025 to have your say. Brian is in Coatbridge, he's going to kick things off for us tonight. Hi, Brian. Hi, sir. I tell you what's really annoying me is that you're going on about money. And basically, at the end of the day, how clubs need money. I can get that. 
But a team like Albion Rovers, I live in Cobridge, and at the end of the day, a wee team like Albion Rovers probably would get a full house of a thousand if they were lucky. Now, see Celtic and Rangers, at the end of the day, they would fill their stadiums. They would absolutely fill their stadiums on charity days or whatever and get the money to survive. And plus the fact that Celtic, if they're made champions, will get £20 million if they qualify for the Champions League. And Rangers would then maybe do well in the Europa League again, maybe not, maybe out in the first round. But the bit that really annoys me about it all is nobody's looking at the bigger picture about the Taylor report and all these great clubs like Dundee and all that. They were great clubs at the time. They spent fortunes and some of them went out the game because at the end of the day they had to because of the Taylor report and nobody's helping them at all. Roger? Um, some of the smaller... Listen, you, you, comparing Celtic and comparing Albion Rovers, it is economies of scale. Um, I think... If this SPFL resolution gets through, Brian, um, it allows the clubs to secure about £9.3 million of money. Um, and that goes from Celtic, we get the biggest slice as the top of the Premiership just now, something like £1.1 or £1.2 million. And it slides all the way down to Mark Wilson's breaking at the bottom, who I think as 42nd team would get something in the region of 16, 16,500. Albion Rovers, you mentioned, get a bit more, about 17,500, £18,000. But that £18,000 to Albion Rovers, as things stand, is just as valuable as the money would be, the million pounds would be to Celtic, because as things have been going on just now, Clifton Hill has been closed. There's been that thousand people you talk about, or 500 or 300 or whatever it is, haven't been coming through. And it's devastating for Scottish clubs. I think in terms of income stream, attendances, people paying through mm-hmm. the turnstiles accounts for about 43% of money coming into Scottish football clubs. So... If Albion Rovers and others like them haven't had that, they've still had to pay the wages to staff, they've still had to pay wages to players, they've still had to pay maintenance, they've had to look after this and that, and very, very slowly, they're running out of money. And that's why, and Albion Rovers haven't been one to really jump up and down about this. You've heard Wraith Rovers and others making far more noise about it, but... That £18,000 due to come to Albion Rovers, it, it, it's crucial to them. And you hear, I think Jack Ross said in the show, the Hibernian manager said in the show last Tuesday night when Daz and myself were on with Gordon, one of the priorities of this has to be making sure that when this coronavirus crisis is over, we still have 42 senior clubs in Scottish football. I mean, Brian, you said that people weren't looking at the big pictures, so you do it for us. Where do we go from here? I mean, you've identified a few things from... From the past that, that you weren't happy with But given that, that where we're at now then What's the fix? The fix is simple At the end of the day Oh I'm a Rangers fan At the end of the day They need to um, just make Celtic champions So at the end of the day Dundee need to stop playing silly buggers And at the end of the day Everybody needs to get a dose of reality But the truth of the matter is These big clubs like Rangers and Celtic Need to look after the smaller clubs Because Rangers and Celtic Could give Alvin Rovers another 18,000 they can afford it because they can fill their stadiums instantly or have shares or have this or have that with Fergus done or whoever's done in the past with Rangers. And at the end of the day, Rangers and Celtic will survive, but it's all these other teams that have been there for a hundred and odd years. And some of them, like Airdrie, who went out the game because they built a stadium, because they sold their stadium to Safeway at the time, are not getting any benefit out of making the leagues grow. And and I just think at the end of the day, you've got people like Partick Thistle, but it's on the TV the now, with these great stadiums, not all built for having people at them. 
you're never going to get people having left Rangers and Celtic visit them or Hearts or Hibs. The only, the only thing I'll say to that, Brian, is, and you know, I understand what you're saying, but it's not Rangers Celtic's problem to look after Albion Rovers. Now, if Albion Rovers get their money, if this went through and Albion Rovers got their money, and for anyone who's just joining us, we're just using them as yeah, a random yeah, example, or, by or the way, Breakin or whoever it may be, Gordon. What it does is it gets them through to the end of the season, where they would have been in the same position because. Other clubs like the Partick Thistles, who's full time, full time staff, Rangers, Celtic, the Premier League clubs, they are full time. They pay their players through the summer. Clubs like Albion Rovers don't. They don't have that, you know, money to to lay out. Part time clubs like Albion Rovers and and Brecon and teams like that, what they do is they'll go from probably year to year, and then they'll start again when the new season comes in. So the 18,000, Roger's right, has a lot of money to the smaller clubs. Brian and Coatbridge, thanks a lot for kicking us off tonight. Still plenty of time to get your call in. 0141 James is a Celtic fan on the line, and we're going to hear from him next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Tackling compensation claims for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL and Roger Hanna here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We already gave you news of Dundee's statement, which wasn't really a statement, didn't say too much. Partick Thistle have had quite a lot of interesting things to say, and we'll tell you about that in just a second. But let's speak to James first, who is a Celtic fan on the line. James, how do you feel this has been handled? By the SPFL up to this point Hi everyone How is everyone I hope everyone's well Yeah thanks James um, Yeah I, I'm, I might be in the minority here um, But I actually think They've, they've acted well And, and it, you know And been a little bit of, of the kind of visionaries And all this Because the question That people are asking Over the past few days Is Why make a rush Why rush into a decision But The question I would say Is why wait I mean I know UEFA Have got this meeting On the 23rd but regardless of what they say, they end going to supersede what the national governments are saying. And our government have said nothing's going to happen until June the 10th. So between now and then, and maybe beyond, I mean, they'll probably relax the restrictions on the lockdown. But the very last thing that will be lifted will be mass gatherings. So big crowds ain't going to happen. You know, so the other option then is play games behind closed doors. Well, that's already been, you know, rebuffed by the the players' union, especially if there's any social isolation, because they deserve the, the same kind of protection as the public. You know, the clubs don't want it, they can't afford it, they earn 43% of their income through people coming in through the door. You know, the, you know, emergency services would have to be there, all of that, so that ain't going to happen. So, you know, and then we're heading into the biggest recession in world history. You know, people are going to be struggling to pay their mortgage and feed the kids, let alone buy season tickets. You know, and then there's all this stuff about reconstruction, well, that needs an 11-1 majority through the Premiership teams. So that ain't going to happen either, because, you know, Turkey's in Christmas. So the, the question, really, that I want to ask is, wh- what exactly are we waiting for? I mean, no one's answered that. I said, well, why, you know, why make a big decision? But what are we waiting for? What's, what's the answer to that? Because if you, the longer we leave it, these clubs are going to go to the wall. Roger. So we need to get this finished. I'll put, that one, I'll put that one to Roger. No, that's fine. Sorry, yeah, James, I thought you were at the end. L- listen to the all very valid points you make, James. I think there, there have been a few people involved in the argument who are keen just to kick the problem down the road and deal with it further on. Um, they are citing the uncertainty. We've never been in these times before. You know, We've never had football cancelled. 
the country in lockdown. It's a national emergency. We haven't had anything like this because of, you know, a, a medical pandemic in the past. And I think there are people who want to say, well, let, let's hang on, let's just see what happens, let's not make a decision, let's let, let's wait and see. Um, to an extent they're doing that south of the border, they still believe they will get the English Premier League finished, even if it goes into the autumn. Um, they still believe they'll get the English Championship finished. I, I was reading in the papers today, they're looking at a, a restart of the 6th of June. Now, government medical advice says you can't train until the 10th of June, so... I'm not too sure how the two things marry up, I have to say, James. Um, you're right in what you say about the UEFA meeting on April 23rd and the intelligence we're getting out of UEFA is that come the 23rd, despite everything they've said in the past, they may well have to put their hands up and say, realistically, we're not going to get any football played for a considerable period of time and the 2019-20 season is going to have to be called. And I think that was part of the reason that the SPFL board's proposal was to, to end the lower leagues now, get the money out to stricken clubs, but wait for the Premiership, give it a couple of weeks, hear what UEFA have to say in the 23rd, find out if this intelligence is indeed correct, that they're going to tell the leagues, it's time for you to make your minds up, guys, it's time for you to call it, because we now are going to have to look towards the 2020-21 season. And that was why there wasn't a, a decision made last Friday on, on calling the Premiership. But I, I just, as I said earlier on, James, I just think it's inevitable. I cannot see how we are going to get this season finished. Uh, James, I've seen the SPFL called many things over the weekend. So remind me, did you say at the start of your call that they were visionaries? Because that's certainly not one of the words I've seen used. Yeah, it's very hot in here in Devon. I think I've got a bit of sunstroke. <laughs> right. um, but I know, and, and, and you know, you made a valid point there. But the Premier, the Premier League in, in England, and they'll, they'll be able to play behind closed doors because they've got a seven hundred and fifty million pound um, contract with, with the TV companies to, to safeguard. The Scottish clubs haven't got that, so so the SPFL are really backed into a corner here. You know, they can see, like, anyone can see that, that. I mean, this virus isn't going anywhere until we get a vaccine. You know, and that's eighteen months away, or, or if herd immunity comes in, but that's going to cover that's got to cover seventy percent of the population before mass mass gatherings are allowed again. So I just think, and I honestly do think it sticks in my throat. Don't get me wrong, but I think they're actually acting in good faith. Of course they are. You know, and to and for anyone to suggest otherwise, without any kind of evidence or you know in place, I, I think it's, it's ridiculous. You know, and no one's actually answered the question. Wait, what are we waiting for? You know, what? <laughs> because no one's got that answer. We've got to act on fact and not act in hope. And the fact is, if we don't act now, clubs will go to the wall. Punters won't be able to afford season tickets. So you've got to get them out now so that punters will be able to buy season tickets now, which they want to do. You know, get it done and dusted. We stop. We start again on June the tenth. That gives everyone a pre-season to start. Hopefully, again in August, which it ain't going to do. But it's a, but it's at least it's a target to go towards. You know. So the longer we keep kicking this down the road, the absolute worse it's going to get. And all these deferred payments, they're all due to get paid in June. So where's all that money coming from? If they haven't got the money now, where are they going to get it from in June? James, you, so, said, you, you asked a question, what we're we waiting for is quite simple. If you've been reading the papers, we're waiting in Dundee, coming back with an answer, and hopefully that I think you meant generally, though, yeah, in terms of... Yeah, I, I think James make, makes a lot of good points here, Gordon. I certainly am with Roger on this one. I'm like probably everybody else. You're keeping your fingers crossed, hoping this will go away, hoping that football will start, hoping we'll get back to 
our normal life Of course we are But I look at Especially from the championship down uh, My heart, my heart tells me Especially after looking at For instance Reading Peter Grant Now I know Aloha aren't the biggest club In Scottish football But they're a member club They're still a part of our, our game His players Are all out of contract On the 31st of May They're all up on the 31st of May So by the 1st of June We're not even at the 10th Aloha have no players so how can they how can they go out and play matches? Well, I know FIFA had made noises about trying to extend things like that, Roger. I'm not sure that the finer details have been ironed out yet. And, and fair play to James because I always like to strive and have balance to anything that, that we discuss. And let's be honest, the SPFL have been getting a battering, and, and and rightly so in some people's eyes since this all kicked off. James has actually been fairly kind and and, and complimentary. Others, regardless of which side And by the way I don't know why you have to pick a side That just seems to be what we do in Scottish football But regardless of, of your views on this I think most people agree That, that the sort of leadership element the, the, the governance element Could have been handled better Yes, possibly And listen, we've focused on this issue since Friday The voting issue, the SPFL resolution What way Dundee will go once this problem is solved, once Dundee and John Nelms make up their mind and once we know what way this resolution is going to go, there'll be another problem around the corner. I was listening to, to Roy McGregor at the weekend, Gordon, and Roy McGregor was talking about how we emerge from it, what football in Scotland will look like at the start of next season, what the government medical advice will look like at the start of next season. And he feels that the social distancing regulations will still be such that only maybe one in ten supporters will be allowed into the ground, they'll, be so, you, they'll need to be socially distanced within stadiums. And he was talking about, you know, if you have a crowd of 60,000 at Celtic Park or 50,000 at Ibrox, you might only be allowed to have 6,000 people in Celtic Park and 5,000 people in Ibrox. You know, work that down if he has 3,000 for a game in Dingwall, might only be allowed to have 300 in, the, in, the, in his stadium in Dingwall as, as we emerge from this crisis. So, yes, John Nelms' vote is a problem. But further down the line, this coronavirus, as James said there, there still is no vaccine. It's not just going to go away one night. We're going to have to get used to the idea that this is going to shape our lives for months and months and months to come. And when you know, if this season does get called, and there is a hope that the new season could perhaps start on time, I think the next season is scheduled for a start on the 1st of August, Saturday the 1st of August, I wouldn't expect on Saturday the 1st of August to see 60,000 people in Celtic Park uh, Of course Partick Thistle have issued a statement today It's got a lot more detail in it You'll be pleased to hear than Dundee's The gist of it is the Roger They've sought their own legal advice And they believe that Dundee's retracted no vote must stand And therefore the SPFL's resolution on ending the league season Should therefore fail Thistle claim also that the SPFL failed to provide sufficient information uh, to the clubs in order for them to then go on and, and make an informed vote. You know, quotes, the original vote by Dundee was cast in line with the SPFL's own rules and must stand, meaning that the resolution falls, uh, the club statement said. So this is where it does become a l very difficult for fans because ultimately the SPFL's legal advice says one thing and Partick Thistle's legal advice says another. There may be legal whizzes out there who, who know more than I do, but you know, for the layman, if you like, you're kind of stuck in the middle. 
you, you very much are. I thought it was a very insightful statement from Patrick Thistle this afternoon. Um, they clearly have, you know, they haven't just sat down and scrolled this in the back of a piece of paper and then published it. They've gone, they've sought um, Senior Queen's Council, they've also sought Junior Queen's Council. The legal opinion they've got back is, as you say, that as soon as the Dundee vote reached the SPFL on Friday, whatever time of night that was, that should have been regarded as a no vote and that would have tipped the balance in favour of the no campaign and the resolution would have fallen. Uh, they believe the resolution should fall. They believe that means that they, for the time being, will be safe in the championships. Junior will be safe in League One. There's no imminent threat to hearts in the Premiership either, regardless what's said at the UEFA meeting in April the 23rd. So as you say, it's now Rod, Ken Rod McKenzie's legal advice to the SPFL board against the QC's advice to Partick Thistle. So where does that all shake down? Does that end up in the quarter session sometime over the summer? Gordon, well, you, you, you can clear that up for yeah, us, I'm sure. With, with my legal hat on, my wig now, uh, my grey one. Uh, Roger, it's colour, to be fair. Yes, am I right in saying by some way that you can retract a no, but you can't yeah. retract a yes? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is my under yeah, that is my understanding of it. Don't ask me why. There are lots and lots of things in the SPFL's Articles of Association that I can't explain. I can't explain for a start why the two lower divisions, League One and League Two, are grouped together, and you, you need fifteen out of twenty votes for, from those two leagues. Why they are taken together and the top two leagues are taken separately. I don't understand any of that. I don't understand why the league needs to be called for the money to be handed out, the prize money aspect to be handed out. There are lots and lots of different things within the SPFL's Articles of Association. I don't understand, but I do know that they exist and I do know that the SPFL board are working from that rule book and from those Articles of Association. Which takes us on nicely though, Gordon, to the next point because Thistle also go on to talk about the SPFL potentially being in breach of duty because the resolution stated that the only way to release the funds to the clubs was by declaring the season over. However, it goes on to say, as it now transpires, there was a vehicle to release monies in the shape of loans. Quite apart from the possibility of changes being made to the SPFL articles to allow the payments normally made at the end of the season to be made now, Thistle added. So again, we're, we're, we're in danger of, of getting bogged down in the legalities of it, Roger. But to make it simple, this is about can we release money now? And if so, what does that money look like? Is it, is it loans? Is it prize money? Yeah, well, uh, technically the, the difference is loans need to be repaid, prize money doesn't. And before anyone says, well, you know, the, the loans are just set against the prize money, yes it is, but, but no it isn't because the prize money is for a confirmed first place or a confirmed third place or a confirmed ninth place. If you're handing out loans now against what you believe the final position might be, what would happen if amazingly football did restart and for argument's sake St Mirren changed places with Hamilton and suddenly somebody's getting more money than they were supposed to how does that get repaid what happens if the team who are due to repay say we've no money left we can't repay you you know if you go to a bank or a building society for a loan Gordon that bank or building society requests security against the loan what security would the SPFL have against the clubs that they're loaning money to uh, so I think that you know all of these issues need to be resolved before they can start handing out potential loans, these interest-free loans that Rangers spoke about at the tail end of last week, the loans Thistle are speaking about today. So it's not just a you know a case of 
clubs rolling up at the front door at Hamden and Neil Doncaster writing checks. It's a bit more complicated than that. And and part of that complication is, is the Articles Association we've spoken about. I'm not saying these rules are correct, but the rules are in place. They were put in place by the clubs and the SPFL board and Neil Doncaster are simply trying to enforce those rules at the minute. As you'll know, Belgium, I think, is, is the only league or one of the only big leagues in Europe that's declared and, and given out prizes and all the rest of it. Alan is a Rangers fan, but he's actually in Belgium, which means, Alan, you must be an expert. You must be able to clean this all up for us. Yes, obviously. <laughs> On you go. Give uh, it a bash. Well, no, I can't clear it up at all. I, that's what I was going to say. I take issue with Daz there uh, when he said... What we're waiting on is quite simple Dundee's vote And that I completely agree with Roger Hanna This is a very, very complex issue If you look at the Partick Thistle uh, Council's report Or Council's opinion rather The vote's already been cast So has it been cast? Hasn't it been cast? The SPFL obviously don't think it has Because they haven't called the vote Dundee don't think it has because they're still saying we still to vote. I don't know who agrees with Partick Thistle and who doesn't, but I would suggest that a, a lot of teams are going to agree with them. Uh, well, Alan, what you're really. saying then is you're, you, and you're in agreement with Partick that Dundee's vote should stand. That's what you're saying? Uh, I don't know. I don't well, know. Well, all I, all, all I, I said I'll just now is all, all we're doing is waiting. Of Oh, I know. But what what you said was it's quite simple. We're waiting on Dundee. It may be, it may well be the case that we don't have to wait on Dundee because they've already cast a vote. Yeah, I understand it, where you come the from. Yeah. Opinion, by the way, mm. which I I read the council's opinion this afternoon. If you read that, what you also said about you can change a no vote but not a yes vote is not the case at all. You can't change a no vote. Again, Roger, it, it appears to be though that, that the SPFL's legal advice says otherwise. So I totally respect Alan raising yeah. the point. And listen, I think I think Thistle thought they sought legal advice from a QC called David Thompson, an advocate by the name of RG Anderson. They they were hired by the Jags to look into the, the circumstances of this vote at the tail end of the weekend and decide. Where Thistle should go next If all avenues were closed off to Thistle Or for somewhere they could go next They believe that there is light at the end of the tunnel For Partick Thistle In so much as Dundee's vote should have counted And again It comes down to Legal opinion Because for reasons that I cannot understand Despite the fact that Dundee Have told other clubs They voted at sometime between 4 and 5 o'clock On Friday afternoon the vote wasn't received until later that night, by which time, at around 6 o'clock, Dundee had contacted the SPFL to say, if our vote magically arrives later in the evening, please disregard it. So what legally would take precedence? The initial pressing of the button by Dundee to send the email, the phone call at 6 o'clock to say disregard the email, or the, the arrival of the email belatedly later that night, I certainly don't know. And clearly, the lawyers for the SPFL and Partick Thistle disagree on this. Yeah, and Alan hits on another important point. I think Alan, and I'm paraphrasing here, predicted you know that a lot of clubs would would back Partick Thistle. I don't know what what number Alan had in mind, but this is the thing, Roger, and perhaps shows just how far 
apart we are from pleasing everyone and, and underlines the fact that that you can't There's been so much focus this weekend on on the failings of the proposal And the failings of, of the way that it's been handled You sometimes forget that actually 33 clubs voted in favour of it I feel like that's almost been lost a little bit yeah, and again, this is down to the rules and the Articles of Association of the SPFL. I was reading quotes from a man called Roger Morrison, who's chairman of Peterhead yesterday, and he was saying that the SPFL board, in his mind, and bearing in mind he voted yes to the resolution on Friday, um, in his mind, the SPFL board should have a mandate to proceed because between 80 and 85% of the clubs who voted have backed it. And he says, in any other walk of life, if you get an 80 or 85% vote in your favour, that gives you the mandate to proceed with what you want to do. So he was saying his problem is, why on earth are we waiting on the Dundee vote? It's only, you know, one club. If they say no, and they were to jump back to the, what was their original stance, why should that make mm. any substantive difference when it would still mean that somewhere in the high 70s among the clubs in terms of percentage had backed the SPFL board vote. So again, it's down to the fine detail, the minutiae of the SPFL's articles of association. Alan, just before we let you go, I'm keen to tap into your, your local knowledge in Belgium. Like everyone knows, that league has been declared. It looks like you know that, that will happen. Um, how's that been received over there? I have no idea. I'm only over in Belgium for a couple of days. Oh, right. <laughs> I just assumed when it said Alan in Belgium that you lived there. All right, okay, you're on business or something. No, no, I live in Glasgow. There we go, that's fine Well, Nick, Nick, next time you're you're over If you spend a bit longer you can let us know Thank you very much That was Alan from Glasgow in Belgium yep. I, I was Got excited right. there I thought he was going to give us the equivalent of the super scoreboard in Belgium What they're saying Alan just, Alan just failed his addition as our Belgian correspondent Yeah, yeah It's not out. his fault, he's only there for a couple of days Alan, thanks so much for getting in, uh, in touch with us Anyway, hopefully we will speak to you soon We're going to get some travel with Stephen And that means it's the perfect time for you to get in touch And we could be talking to you next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Your comeback is on. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna is in his living room. Gordon DL is in the studio, and they're both waiting for you to get in touch. We're not only on the phones, we are on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Alistair Kennedy's referencing Dundee's statement. He says, Who are they talking to about reconstruction? That wasn't in the vote last Friday. And Stuart Mack says, One club should not hold this power. This is why results should never be released. Until all votes are cast Is that part of the problem here Roger? Um, it could actually be part of the problem I was actually surprised that the result came out And certain teams hadn't voted The, the, the result came out before Hearts had voted I'm not, It hasn't been adequately explained It could just be a hiccup in technology Why Hearts uh, vote didn't come in before 5 o'clock And came in sometime after 5 o'clock uh, I, there was one other team in the lower leagues as well I can't remember who it was who hadn't voted at that stage I did find it strange There would be a school of thought that would think If John Nelms had seen that John That might have spooked John Nelms in some way And they suddenly realised the importance of his vote And suddenly realised that Dundee could be influential In shaping the way Scottish football goes forward I don't think reconstruction is something that will come to pass because of this. Whether it's a 14-team top flight or a 16-team top flight, I don't think there's enough will among the bigger teams. It's one of the few 
issues in Scottish football that still requires an 11-1 approval among the 12 Premiership teams. I don't think Celtic want it. I don't think Rangers want it. I don't think Aberdeen and Hibernian particularly want it. I'm not convinced broadcasters want it either. Um, and at such short notice, I don't think there's much chance it will be reconstruction, whether it was mentioned last week or not. I know John Nelms is keen on it. Um, if you're managing director of Dundee and you're third top of the championship and there's 12 teams in the Premiership, you could see why he might fancy a 16-team top flight. I don't think there's enough appetite for it among the other senior clubs. Alan and Hamilton, what's on your mind tonight? Hi, guys. Hi, Hi, Gordon. Hi, Gordon. Hi, Gordon. Hi, Alan. Um, Yeah, I've been listening and, again, obviously observing all the information, all the media regarding the SPFL over the past couple of days. Um, You know, and it's it's clear in my mind, certainly, that they're simply not fit for purpose. Um, I was listening to the other call earlier on. um, And, you know, effectively, you know, we relied on the SPFL to submit the proposal, to organise it, um, formulate it, make sure it, it was properly communicated, make sure the teams were informed but effectively what has happened is they've, they've created you know this shambolic mess and effectively you know we're spending a lot of time focusing very much on the Dundee chairman um, what I'm really struggling with is do we honestly believe that on Friday the Dundee chairman realised that he had an opportunity did he realise that based on some of the you know the email um, communication back and forward. Did he realise at some point that there's an opportunity for me to change things going forward, or was there some intervention made on behalf of the SPFL or, or whoever that were persuading or contributing to his? change in direction the only thing I'd say about that Alan is the only one that can answer that is the Dundee chairman now (coughs) excuse me I do agree that mistakes have been made Uh, you know from a simple let's get votes in let's get a yes or a no tick the box is quite easy and then give out the results yes they've made a mess of it it's led to this it's now Partick Thistle's coming out with statements today quite rightly so that's the one club I do feel sorry for is Partick Thistle Um. But what in particular? Quickly, what do you mean? The only reason, Gordon, is because I know it's points per game. So you don't buy points per game no, as a way of no, no. I feel totally sympathy for them. I, I, I don't think they deserve to get relegated on that. Right, okay. that's only my opinion. We can on probably that. get back to that another right, time. Right, Sorry, right. carry on. But but what I'm saying is, these guys are facing something that they never thought they were ever going to face. Now. Yes, they've made mistakes. Yes, it's very easy to come out and just point a finger and let's blame them, let's remove them, let's take the moral high ground with them. There were mistakes made on Friday. I think we've got to get back to common sense. The rule books and uh, what's going out there... But, but, But that's admirable, but at the same time, surely there's only a degree to which you can break your rules. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but but Gordon, we've never been in this situation. It's very easy, and I do agree because over the weekend I'm looking, mm-hmm. thinking, what's going on here? I like everybody else. It's very easy to criticise. Yeah, it um, really is. Although to be fair, Alan is bang on, Roger. The 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 room that we have left for suspicion comes from the fact that we haven't heard from Dundee and people can have their suspicions and, and Rangers you know, made noises at the weekend for, about being contacted by a whistleblower and all the rest of it 
what happened between Dundee's no vote and them seemingly changing their mind because until we get answers and by the way even when we get answers some people won't believe the answer but at the moment we don't have any and, and Alan's not alone in being suspicious and he's right to ask the question uh, I'm suspicious I believe Daz and yourself will be suspicious um, there are certainly plenty of clubs who are suspicious you touched on the statement to the weekend you listened to Scott Gardner of Cali Thistle at the weekend Partick Thistle in their statement today if they're going out and hiring an advocate and a QC clearly there's a degree of suspicion at Fur Hill over what happened at the weekend and Budge with her statement at the weekend is clearly suspicious as to what is going on so Alan's questions are on a long list of questions mm. I would dearly love to ask John Nelms but until John Nelms picks up the phone to a journalist and is willing to answer some of these questions then that suspicion will linger with Alan, with me, with you and with all the clubs that we mentioned To what end though Alan? You sound sensible enough that you're not going to get us in trouble That's the challenge for you by, by delving too deep and, and accusing any one person Obviously we know you can't do that without any proof But but, but to, to what end? You know, This is the bit that I, I personally just haven't figured out There's a lot of accusations that the SPFL you know, really want to push this through And why? That, that's the bit I can't quite figure out It has to I know people on social media want to simplify it and say, ah, it's, it's to give Celtic the title, but realistically, how does that even really suit Celtic when I'm sure they would rather win it on the field? So if there is this suspicion and if people feel the SPFL are unfairly pushing it through, why? To what end? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean there's, there's no doubt the SPFL, you know, want to get this done quick, you know, so there is this kind of panic of let's get it done quick, let's get it out there. So, you know, and we've heard a lot of the kind of information in the media about trying to coerce, you know, almost without the question got up last night about bullying, etc. as well. Um, but it certainly seems to be that the SPFL, there is, you know, someone's had a panic button. Yeah, very possibly. And they just want to get it done. But again, it just seems incredible that on Friday that the Dundee chairman with the emails, etc. and the communication, he must have had conversations with someone at the SPFL. And at some point he realised... I'm the last man standing, I've got the power, or, and, and I'm going to try and use that. And from all the other communication from that, you know, the Inverness Cali chairman, etc., Patrick Thistle, who are basically telling us it was a done deal, it, it just seems really unlikely that yeah. the Dundee chairman, on his own behalf, realised, hey, I've got the power. And that, that is the thing. Everybody must realise, Gordon, that if, if there is an innocent... Explanation for that Let's just hear it Because at the moment It's confusing At best I, I Let's stick with confusing Yeah uh, Silence is not golden Just now Gordon um, I do believe that SPFL Want to push it through Right I, I think we all do No of course they do right. Because it's their but, proposal But, the but reason... I, I'm talking about Why you know if, if you are If you're a conspiracy theorist and, and, and you think that They're unfairly Trying to push it through Why I'm, I'm not saying that, that That's not the case I would just like to know people's opinion on it I, th I think a lot of Well my opinion is Obviously I try to get it through So they can feed money out to clubs To keep our clubs so alive So is that not well intentioned then? Yes for me it is uh, For me it is I think they went about just handled it. wrong I think they okay. went about it a wrong way Glenn. Let's leave it there That takes us up to this Thank you very much Alan and Hamilton Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online The Scottish Sun.co.uk Slash football Beat the pundit time Your chance to win A signed ball And of course The bragging rights But only If you get more questions right Than Gordon DL On tonight's Beat the pundit It's 0141 951 1025 And the call must be in Before 7 o'clock 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, helping you return to action. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna and Gordon DL here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We kicked off by telling you that big breaking news from Dens Park. They've finally broken their silence, they've issued a statement. But only to say that they've not yet made up their mind So the SPFL's proposal to end the lower leagues now And potentially have the Premiership fall in line A couple of weeks down the line Still hangs in the balance Partick Thistle have been busy today They've been seeking their own legal advice Which suggests that that poll should already The resolution, sorry, should already be dead in the water And they're also suggesting the SPFL could be in breach of duty as well Um, So... A few things happening today Not as much as we would like We would like it to be a bit clearer Let's have a bit of fun on this Beat the Pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football It's Beat the Pundit time I don't trust the technology I'm wary of the delay So Roger Hanna is yet again Exempt Gordon Dio I mean you're, you're I'm flying but You're carrying it all on your own I'm flying Who am I playing tonight But that's the problem Alan in uh, Blackridge Does, he sound, does he sound formidable Well I don't know Let me hear Alan's vo- uh, uh, Good evening Alan How's it going Gordon oh, yeah, uh, No I think he sounds composed oh, uh, no, yeah, I'm a bit concerned about I, like, I think Alan sounds calculated uh, Six foot three formidable opponent <laughs> uh, I don't mind the height Alan Especially when you're so far away uh, Good stuff right Let's <laughs> let's sort out the competition then uh, Let's see if it ends in a knockout for DL We're going to give you something else to listen to Okay Right he's giving me the thumbs up Alan All you need to know is 30 seconds are going on the clock Answer as many right as you can And you can pass So if you don't know it Move okay. it quickly and move on alright Good to go Right let's do it Your time starts no. Who did Celtic sign from Regina in 2005? Ah. Who's the current manager of the Republic of Ireland? Mike McCarthy. Name either Scottish club that played their home games at Cathkin Park. Cathkin Park, yes, uh, Which League One side in Scotland are nicknamed the Suns? Uh, Dumbart. How many Champions League titles has Jose Mourinho won? Three. Stevie Crawford is the head coach of which Scottish club? Uh, what nationality is Hibs midfielder Vikintas Slivka? Uh, Australian Okay let's see if we can bring Gordon back yeah. Yep got you good stuff Alan was magnificent Yeah buddy. I can he, imagine He got 11 now Serious you ready? Go Who did Celtic sign from Regina in 2005? Pass no idea Who is the current Republic of Ireland manager? Kenny Stephen Kenny Name either Scottish club that played their home games at Cathkin Park Cathkin Park? Mm-hmm. Pass Which Scottish League One side are nicknamed the Suns? Dumbarton How many Champions League titles has Jose Mourinho won? Three Stevie Crawford is the head coach of which Dumbarton. Scottish club? What nationality is Hibs midfielder Vikintas Slivka? Iceland Okay, okay, Alan, what do you think? Don't know, could be tight I think it is tight, let's find out Oh who... no Roger, first one, who did Celtic sign from Regina in 2005? Shunsuke Nakamura Shunsuke Nakamura I never got that Wasn't a bad player either Who is the current yeah, Republic I, I, of Ireland? Did Alan get that? No, none of you got it, sorry good, good. Uh, <laughs> Who's the current Republic of Ireland manager? You have to be up to date on this one It's now Stephen Kenny So Gordon got it right oh, what? Yes, it is indeed <laughs> um, Name either Scottish club that played their home games at Cathkin Park You had the choice of Queen's Park or third Lanark, which Alan got. Oh, what age are you, Alan? 
That one's 120. Younger than you. Santa Claus, I'm 45. You're miles younger than him. Um, which Scottish League one side are nicknamed the Sunsdon Barton? You both got it. Two each after four questions. The tension. Um, now, Alan, Gordon is a massive Jose Mourinho fan, always banging on about how much he loves him. Won't hear any criticism. Of Jose Mourinho um, So I thought he was going to get this How many Champions League titles Has Jose won You both went three But it's two <sighs> Gordon you're going to need a Fan club are not going to be happy no, with you No sorry Joe uh, Stevie Crawford is the head coach Of Dunfermline You both got it oh, Three no. each Which means it all comes down To the last question What nationality is Hibs midfielder Vikintas Slivka You said Iceland I think uh, you meant Icelandic, Icelandic. Um, And Alan said Australian No he's not Australian That's for sure Well he's not Icelandic either he Ro- Roger <laughs> He's Lithuanian He is uh, Lithuanian Which means it's off to the tiebreaker Alan are you happy with that? Oh I'm, I'm woeful at tiebreakers mate Okay here <laughs> oh, Here we go <laughs> here, here is the question If I can find it on my emails Because I Shall forgot to copy answer, it um, And here's the thing You know, you know how everyone's getting involved in in quizzes at the moment yeah. you know, It's like every, everyone's quizzing yep. I, got, I got involved in one last night And I actually used this oh, no. I used this <laughs> tiebreaker So as long as I can get confirmation Gordon Deal That you and you Alan and Blackbridge Were not on my Zoom quiz last night No? There's absolutely no chance I, I confirm Good no right chance, okay yeah. uh, So here's the way it works I'll read the question Gordon will write his answer down Alan And I'll then invite you to give me your attempt The question is How many goals Have been scored In the Scottish Premiership This season? How many goals in what? How many goals have been scored in the Scottish Premiership this season? Gordon, write it down. Hold it up. Okay, Alan, what are you going? 245. How many? Sorry, Gordon, rudely interrupted. 245. Okay. Gordon has gone 168. Alan has gone 245. The teams have played 30 games, Gordon. I thought you meant the top six. He didn't Why At no point did I mention Top six That's the worst excuse I've ever heard What well, well, is it You're both miles out 300 odd But Alan's closer It's 490 Well done Alan <laughs> I'd be I knew he'd go low Well done Alan I was at a lot of nil nils <laughs> Good man That's a shocking question by the way Alan thanks for taking part Thank you Good man The sign ball's on its way to Alan In Blackridge And I know it's not easy But right Every team's played 30 games There are 12 teams Gordon The one thing I'm not very good at And I've got to say I was taking Roger Hanna's place tonight So that doesn't get my record Oh it does Oh no it does Roger minus once No none of these are null and void (sighs) Do you know when you think about it I did think you said top six But why? No you you didn't You didn't though Yeah I did I mean, Roger Celtic and Rangers. Oh, or I was thinking how many games I've been to, many goals. Roger Celtic and Rangers have got a, almost 168 <laughs> between them. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> Daz, what you need to do is oh, you right. need to phone Gordon later and tell him he can't accept your earlier answer and you'll email the answer within 28 days. No, because actually, in the Clyde One Super Scoreboard, beat the pundit articles of association, it says that you cannot take back. Tiebreak answers on Beat the Pundit So unfortunately I was I'm, amazed you gave him Kenny Stephen Kenny I thought you were going to pull that Did they say Kenny Stephen Kenny? Yes No I changed his second yeah, name I, I, I must admit I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt there I feel like you were doing the right thing You said Kenny And you were just giving me the surname And then you you felt uh, obliged you to, to give some more detail but it doesn't matter My answer for the Beat the Pundit uh, <laughs> Terrible I am oh, shocking I, I, uh, Every 
tiebreaker I think I've won about one out of I don't get many tiebreakers Because I'm I mean, that good Producer Dan will confirm But I'm sure Celtic and Rangers Have 150 plus Between oh, them So it must be close to 160 <laughs> <laughs> So you've just ignored The rest of the league Great yeah. stuff Well it's all about the big two and it? It's all about the big two No Not not really Not for, not for the purposes By of the way, this Or anything else Tell you what Alan wasn't that clever Six foot three Was he? You can say that now That he's off the phone 01419511025 At Clyde SSB Let's speak to Stephen Who's a Rangers fan In East Kilbride Hi Stephen Hi how you doing? Not bad Stephen What's your Interpretation of everything That's been going on In the last couple of days? Well I mean I'm just looking at it And thinking that It's been driven by Money You know Pure and simply Money I mean yeah, I'm a Rangers fan, but I mean, I'm looking at it saying Aberdeen, why would Aberdeen vote for it if they weren't desperate to get the money? And if it wasn't painted to them as to if you don't vote for it, you ain't going to get the money because Aberdeen are a point behind your beloved Motherwell and Gordon's beloved Motherwell. Um, there's, what, eight games to go. Uh, Aberdeen are foregoing £200,000 for instant cash. Um, and it's the same for a number of clubs. I mean, there's was it St Johnston, Kilmarnock, Hibernian are in a tussle for seven and six position you know there's still quite a lot to be played for but clubs are looking at it instant cash you know on top of that I don't know how many home games Aberdeen are due I looked at the the league table and I caught sight that Ross County have only had 14 um, home games so far this season so they'd probably be due at least another four or five home games again they're prepared to forgo home revenue for instant cash you know surely there's a better solution Mm. to this yeah that I'm glad Stephen brought up Aberdeen, Roger, because of course the, the teams that are obviously against this, but you know Hearts, Partick Thistle, uh, Rangers, and Inverness as well, and of course they're the ones that are shouting the loudest, which is understandable. The when was it Wednesday night? I think we had Derek McInnes on the phone, and he wasn't speaking on behalf of Aberdeen. It was his personal opinion, but he didn't seem too keen on on the vote. I think I think that's safe to say. That's the, the sort of impression I got from him. You know, he said he had spoken to Dave Cormack as well. Uh, Dave Cormack made comments at the weekend, didn't he, about you know feeling that the, the SPFL board shouldn't have asked member clubs to cast a vote on this resolution with less than forty hours notice, and and yet they voted yes. So there, there does seem to be a bit of a a difference between what you might do in an ideal world and and, and what you do now when when it's put in front of you. Well, let me just clear up any doubt or any confusion. It is about cash and it is about self-interest because as well as being football clubs, all of these 42 are businesses and they have to act as businesses. Now, they can't really be voting on anything that would deny them money that they need to operate. It's fascinated. I understand the points you're making about Aberdeen. It was actually fascinated by the Hibernian statement that came out late on Friday because... If there's anyone going to be negatively impacted in terms of finances by this, and obviously I take hearts out of the equation because hearts are going to be more negatively impacted than anyone because they could be relegated. But Hibs were voting for something that A, would see hearts topple out the league and deny them two derbies at Easter Road, and B, on that points per game scenario that Daz was speaking about earlier on that impacts on Partick Thistle Hibs are the only team in the Premiership that would lose a space I think because St Johnson have a game in hand St Johnson would actually jump above Hibs in what would be the final table and they would get the prize money for 6th and Hibs would lose out and be left with the prize money for 7th so Hibs are actually losing out twice by voting for this proposal but they felt that 
it was still in their best interest to vote yes because A, it got the money that's required. You have to remember, the Hibs manager who spoke to us a week or two back is now on furlough. The Hibs players are now on furlough. They're not at the club anymore for the time being. So Hibs are feeling the pinch the same as everyone else is feeling the pinch. They felt that although they were losing out twice, it was still the best for them to go and take forward because they got the money and they couldn't really see where the alternative was going mm. to take them because they couldn't see how they were going to play football and finish this season. I mean, Stephen Roger agrees with you, you know, it's all about money and we keep hearing that as well. It's all about self-interest. But if we look at the very makeup of the SPFL and the fact that it's made up of 42 member clubs who are then all asked to vote, self-interest is... 100% inevitable is it not? 100% yeah I mean I was just about to say there that you know the SPFL board there is as a representation of the 42 member clubs um, you know I mean I look at things you know as a Rangers fan I simply state right now that as far as I'm concerned Celtic will go on and win the league but I don't think it would be appropriate for them to be handed the title at an incomplete season mm -hmm. and I'm not saying it should be null and void but I can see the arguments for Hara Midlothian and Patrick Thistle, Stranra, yet Brecon are being exempt of relegation. There's a whole host of elements of this big scenario, this big movie that's going on that stinks to high heaven. Uh, but like you say, it's self-interest. But, you know, the Hibernian scenario, again, you know, surely the governing body of our member clubs should find an alternative way to concluding the season for the bottom three leagues of distributing some form of monies to ensure that these football clubs are able to be tidied over. Because, you know, like we said earlier on, nobody knows when next season's going to start. So how can you sell season tickets for a season you don't know if it's going to start? Roger used the example of social isolation. If it's going to be one in ten, Celtic Park will only get an attendance of 6,000 out of 60,000. How can they sell 55, 60,000 season tickets when nobody knows if they're going to be one of the lucky people for attending? Um, you know, there's no point in worrying about next season before this season is completed. That's the bit, I, yeah, I think you're right. should be looking after things better, in my opinion. The board, the board should be looking after the members better than they actually are right now because, I mean, they're throwing Partick Thistle Hearts and Stranraer under a bus. You know, they're not giving them an alternative. You know, let's be honest, Partick Thistle have got a great opportunity, as do Hearts, you know, with the split of staying up. Um, but they're not actually being given an alternative solution. Why would they vote for that resolution when they're actually voting for the fact that they're probably going to have to make redundancies because their income next year, as a business, which has been mentioned, is going to be severely depleted? Gordon, I think that's the bit we could do with more clarity on. Stephen mentioned there about, you know, taking care of this season because... Other people will tell you that, that it's next season we need to take care of because there's a start date there with a lucrative new Sky contract and and, and, and you know we keep hearing that that, that that you know that must start in August or you know th there's not going to be any room for negotiating with Sky and, and we need to respect that. It, it would be nice to know a bit more about that and find out if that is really the case. Yeah, I wonder if that's a, a question has been asked of that, Gordon. Yes, of course, it's all about money. Um, you know, money keeps. Uh, Pays the bills and keeps everything going And I think that's why they're trying to push this through Because of the fact that To put money out there But I keep getting back to this Yes, rules and regulations are there Of course they are And they're set out member clubs But surely somewhere along the line Especially in these days Dark days that we've got 
We've got to use a little bit of common sense to keep the clubs. We're only talking about a month. Now, Derek McInnes did say last Wednesday, Gordon, about, you know, I would like to buy more time. I'd like to see what happens, X, Y, and Z. That was before it was announced that no training was going to be allowed on the 10th of June, which was the next day. So it'd have been interesting to hear what Derek would have said then. So, uh, yeah, of course it's all down to money And I feel for every club that, you know, there's got to be jobs If it's, if this goes through relegation, whatever it is But there's no easy solution mm. But we have to find one Talk of next season, as Stephen mentioned, Roger How are you able to provide any more certainty or, or clarity As to, to what that might look like And the the need for us seemingly to bow down to Sky at the start of August? Um, no, I don't think they need to bow down to Sky. I think Sky have been quite reasonable about this. I think as long as the terms of the contract that they've signed are honoured, you know, they still get the same number of games, they still get the, the, the crown jewels, which for them are the four old firm games. I don't think Sky are, are, are desperate, for, desperate, desperate for the kick-off on the 1st of August. You know, if it was shunted back two or three weeks, I don't think that would make any huge difference to Sky. So I don't think they should be painted as, as a negative in any of this. We can't give certainty just now because none of us know how this coronavirus crisis is going to shake down. We don't know how long we're going to be under the lockdown regulations, how long the social distancing rules are going to be in place, whether or not crowds are going to be allowed into any sporting event, be it horse race meetings, be it golf tournaments, be it rugby games, be it football games. We do not know. Um, We would be closer to a bit of certainty where this season to be called at some stage in the next few weeks because adding to the uncertainty, Gordon, is this thought that clubs still want 2019-20 to be finished before we can start 2020-21 because if the clubs who want the leagues finished and have voted no to the resolution, if they think we can finish these games, and they may be right, I don't know, I doubt it, but if they think we can finish the games, it's going to be impossible to finish the games, as we said earlier, until mid-September at the very earliest. So if you don't finish this season till mid-September, you then need to look at a fixture schedule for next season. So there's going to be delays there as well. There's going to be European games, international games, cup games. I don't think it would be possible to start next season until maybe the start of October at the earliest, and is that really what clubs want to do? Stephen and East Kilbride, you're a good man. Make sure you stay in touch with us over the coming days and weeks and months or however long this takes to clear up. Thanks again to Stephen. As I'm sure you know, during these difficult times, clubs all up and down the land are trying to think of creative solutions to raise money for themselves and for other good causes in the community. And we're going to take a look at a very interesting example of that from our Premiership next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Experienced players Who know how to win Talk to Thompson's.com Gordon DL and Roger Hanna Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Uh, We've got a live guest on the phone And we've got a full time teaser Roger But I am rocked by the news That I just received Within the last 10 minutes uh, The last 10 seconds Sorry Of the ad break Gordon was talking about how He's been eating too much chocolate recently And it was small talk And yeah me too and, And everyone he then revealed that he ate twelve club biscuits in one <laughs> in one sitting. 
The other night Which sounds by anybody's Standards quite extreme It's not Roger Before before you comment What happened really was I was watching Netflix As you know I watch a lot of TV now You can't have eaten 12 chocolate no, biscuits In one go What happened was I had a cup, I made a cup of tea And I decided to go and mix An orange club And a, a mint one And I thought <laughs> That tastes quite nice And I put all my chocolate In the fridge And I kept going So I got halfway through Both packets and I thought, oh, what do you do now? Now a cup of tea. So seriously, twelve chocolate in one go. Yeah, done that, Roger. Seriously. Um, what's your favourite? I'm a mint man. I have to say, I hate the orange. And I do like the fruit ones as well, Dan. Well, I didn't go fruit. I was only mint and orange. Six and six. Two cups of tea. Sit down on the recliner, watch your telly, happy. You can't beat that, Roger. Can't D- beat that. Disgusting, as the famous viral video would say. 12, I have to say. Does I take my hat off to you? Yeah, let's read tonight's teaser before we get our guest on the phone. Can you, and topical, so you'll like this. Uh, Kahir has sent it in. Thanks to Kahir. He says, Can you name 10 players who've made at least five appearances for Celtic or Rangers and have also played for Dundee since 2010? See what he did there? Um, it does not include those who've played for Celtic or Rangers this season. So don't bother Give me giving. That again, Gordon, please. Okay. Ten players have made at least five appearances for Celtic or Rangers and have also played for Dundee since 2010. Now, it doesn't include those who've played for Celtic or Rangers this season, i.e., don't give me Glenn Kamara. Right. I was going to go okay. some. I, I you was were going to go Glenn Kamara, weren't no, you? I was going to go Novo. No, not since 2010. Ten, no, it's. Further back than that Roger Or oh, Greg Stewart Paul McGowan Greg Stewart. Paul McGowan Yes Greg Stewart Yes that's a good two To kick us off So we'll leave it there Paul McGowan And Greg Stewart Two down And eight to go Now as I said Just before The break Clubs are constantly On the lookout at the moment For Innovative things they can do To perhaps raise a bit of money For themselves Raise a bit of money For good causes In the local community All set against the backdrop Of this Lockdown the COVID-19 situation that, that's really making life difficult for everyone now Motherwell are aiming to fill for Park Gordon Which is ambitious because you can't go It's in a virtual sense though And I'm pleased to say uh, that Grant Russell, Head of Communications at Motherwell Joins us on the phone And he's hopefully going to explain it much better than I can Grant, give us the, th- the thinking Yeah, evening gents Yeah, so the premise is quite straightforward It's like you say, we're asking everyone out there to give us the donation of any size To help us raise enough money to match the capacity of our park So that's 13000 742. That's our first target, so hopefully we reach that. Uh, and those donations will go towards three local causes. So you can do it in various ways. You can go on and give a, a donation of any kind. You essentially buy a ticket. You can pay a pound, ten pound, whatever you like. You can enter a draw to win a signed shirt. And there's also a chance to buy virtual items to the value of what you might buy in the kiosks if you were coming to a game as well. So you buy a ticket for a pound But ultimately you might you might want to spend £10 And that would get you 10 tickets And therefore you're even closer to the, the capacity Of, of over 13,000 to, to fill for park Is that right? Absolutely no limit on what you would like to donate Every donation very gratefully received But there's no upper limit at all You can revisit several times over the coming weeks as well We're running this till Saturday, May the 2nd where we're, On that day we're going to hold a, a special live event where we're going to show loads of Motherwell games from down the years. Look, if you're not a Motherwell fan, you don't have to come and watch that. You can still give a donation. You're not duty-bound to come and watch us beating the team. <laughs> I, I, I like it, Roger, because not only is it, is, it, is it a wee bit different, and it's quite simple. People can they can get involved for a pound if they want, or they can they can spend what they have to. Um, but there's a serious side to it. You know, Grant mentions 
raising a bit of money um, for you know the Mother's Own Community Trust, the Well Society, um, but also a local charity called Chris's House as well. So it's just a bit of fun that people can get involved in. Yeah, and it is a bit of fun. And I think people at this time of lockdown, I'm sure Grant agrees, they are becoming more aware of community initiatives. They need to reach out and help others. We had Keith Lasley in the show last Tuesday night talking about how the local community had rallied behind the club with the early bird season ticket sale. I think this club sold Grant to be able to correct me as many tickets in 36 hours as they'd sold in two or three weeks last summer. So yep, yep. not only did the community want to help the club, the club wanted to give something back to the community through the fans and listen at times like this it is as the adverts say a national mm. emergency and the more initiatives the more schemes we can have like this that give something back to people who are, are, are feeling the pinch at this time listen they should all be applauded so Grant you can you can buy a ticket or 10 or 20 or 50 tickets to the game you can all, it's a virtual game of course you can also buy virtual food and drink so if you'd usually spend two quid in a pie you, you, you buy your virtual pie so to speak And that's just another way of throwing money into the coffers And then when May the 2nd rolls around You watch the game That, that That's the yeah. gist of it, yep That's exactly it, if you're interested in coming to watch Or if you just want to make a donation I mean, like Roger said there you know, It's very important that as a club We try and raise money for local, local initiatives You know, our club has a platform We've always had that attitude of a club that We've got a privileged position We've got a standing in our local community And also across Scotland, UK And we can reach people around the world Frankly as well With the platforms we had So we've always tried really hard To try and promote things That really matter locally We've got that social responsibility side And like you said The Community Trust The Well Society But Chris's House is the big one as well You know Suicide um, prevention is a, a, an area we do a lot of work in. Chris's House and Wishaw do a fantastic amount of suicide prevention intervention um, initiatives. So it's really important. We're trying to raise as much money for them as possible, as well as our own community trust to uh, help uh, local school children with holiday hunger. And it's in, in conjunction, actually, mm. with Clyde Cash for Kids as well. So a lot of you know, really good local causes who will benefit from anyone who can make a donation, whether it's large or small. Yeah, because for those who don't know, suicide prevention is a, an unfortunately a, a very prevalent issue for the club, and it's it's something that the club have been keen to to work out for a long time, having lost a number far far too many you know young fans recently. No, it's vitally important to us as a club because, as you say, over the the last few years, the countless tales of young supporters and um, predominantly young men it must be said who have taken their lives and we can see firsthand the, the impact it has on families and you know on, on our supporters and on our local community as a whole so we do a lot of work in that field and especially at this time we were a little bit restricted in the normal programs that we're able to, to carry out and initiatives to be able to put money into Chris's house who are still being able to continue the amazing work they do it's us being able to continue our work in that field and keep spreading that message because let's be frank at this time where we're all you know having to isolate ourselves and spend time in the house some of us having to spend a lot of time alone of course it's going to have an impact on our mental health so it's very important that we try and raise money to try and help people and Roger on a lighter note you won't be surprised to hear that this idea of a virtual game is a bit lost on Gordon he's got a bit of a confused look in his face um, so I think what we'll do Roger you and I will take the decision to stick him down for 500 tickets I think that's only fair. If he understood the concept, he's a very generous man. Look, look at the money he donates to Asda for all those club biscuits. If he only ate six rather than twelve, he could put the balance into the initiative. What are you not getting? Fur Park holds thirteen thousand seven hundred forty-two people, right? right. So, so it, the, the idea is, is in inverted commas, to fill Fur Park. I know how many Fur Park holds. So you can 
Buy a ticket for a pound Right And if that was the case It would take 13,742 people Yeah I'm with you in that one But you could step up to the plate And make a big dent in this By buying 500 tickets Right. And, and, and making a big dent in it And it would be It would be Fir Park's Biggest crowd For I don't know how many years Just not for a real game Right okay I've got that 500 Stick you down I'll tell you what I'll match whatever you got right, There okay. you go We'll discuss it later Grant thank you so much For joining us Thanks James Good to thank catch you, up Grant Good man that was Grant Russell Motherwell's Head of Communications I actually noticed You know just because It is a bit of fun Clearly this is predominantly aimed at Motherwell fans But I've noticed fans of other clubs have, have got involved Gordon chucked a couple of quid in Just because they like the idea They like the concept I think um, And Grant's just disappeared I've, I've let him go too early Roger I think it was a concept That was used somewhere in the continent first So you know clubs in other countries I think it was Germany uh, Are already doing yeah, this type of thing Locomotive Leipzig Locomotive Leipzig I think Came out with the initial first, The fourth tier team in Germany and I think they've sold so many tickets now that their next target is to eclipse the world record. Uh, the world record, I think, was a Scotland-England game. Oh, we're looking pre-World War II. I think it was 149,000 at the game. And they've sold so many tickets that this is now within reach for them. And they're hoping to have a final push to eclipse that record. There we go. Just a, a bit of fun, but with a serious side as well. Motherwell's Community Trust and and um, Well Society, but also local charities as well. And like I say, this is just one example. I know loads of clubs are doing great things to think outside the box and try and, and, and raise money for good causes during this period. So if you know of any and you think we've missed them, you think they deserve a bit more um, attention, feel free to send them over. Uh, we'd, we'd love to give as many of them uh, the spotlight as possible. 01419511025. Before we go back to the phones, let's revisit tonight's teaser quickly. Thanks to Kahir for sending it in. And your usual reminder, the address you need if you want to hear it on the show is fulltime at clyde1.com. If you've got a question and you want to hear it, that's where it goes. Can you name 10 players who've made at least five appearances for Celtic or Rangers and have also played for Dundee since 2010? It does not include those who've played for Celtic or Rangers this season. You've given me Paul McGowan and Greg Stewart. I'll take one more from you, Gordon. I'm going to go Calvin Miller. Brilliant shout. Led by. Brilliant. Well done. And one from you, Roger. Kenny Miller. Yes. Oh, I don't think you've Millers. got any wrong yet. That's four... Down and six to go Let's speak to Ian In Bears Den Hi Ian Hey guys um, It's about this debacle With the The D vote mm-hmm. uh, Two points Firstly um, To talk about The dividing of the money up And the people saying That we, we couldn't really do it Because Some clubs might end up If they do get games played Some team might Finish higher than they thought Or lower than they thought Not able to pay back well, we surely could give out 50% of the money from the current standings and that'll never be a problem. Roger, what do you think of that? I think this was put to you earlier on. Um, that not seem like a reasonable solution? It does seem like a reasonable solution. I think it's that's part of the, the resolution that Rangers proposed on, I think it was Thursday of last week, that at one stage I think it was deemed ineffective by the, the SPFL lawyers. They wanted, um, I think they described them as interest-free loans, it would be proportionate to where you may or may not finish. So if, for argument's sake, you stood to, for ease of counting, you stood to where you were at the minute, you were going to get £100,000, then why doesn't the league give you 70 or 80? And then that would take out, you know, the, any chance of you, you know, moving positions and having to repay stuff. However, the league don't want to do this. The league say legally mm. they are bound by their articles of association and they cannot do this. 
Um, I think Rangers aren't alone. I think there are plenty of other clubs who think in this time of national emergency, um, rules are there to be bent or broken or changed or manipulated. Why can't you call an extraordinary general meeting, change the rule and hand out the money that might mm. save the clubs? Um, whether it's right or wrong though The league don't want to seem to do that Just quickly before we go Mikey's quite right He's keeping me on my toes with the teaser uh, Greg Stewart obviously shouldn't be on the list Because he's played for Rangers this season Who said Greg Stewart? One of you said Greg Stewart Roger? No, Daz did Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, take him off the rest are fine right, I'll give you so, another so one you were, then. No, you were only looking for nine um, Initially um, Ian makes that point Roger's just answered it I'd like to get your thoughts on it Gordon Because that's the bit I saw you sort of Shrugging your shoulder Roger's quite right To keep pointing out That, that that's what the rules say and, and, and it's in the articles Of association But that's the bit That you just I can't get No I'm not I, happy I, with I, No I'm not Gordon I think you sometimes a lot. Yes rules are there But sometimes rules are there To be broken And I think In these circumstances Just now That we never thought We were going to go through I think we've got to use Going back to the, the board Using common sense And I think Ian's right if you're in a position just now and you're on a hundred grand, say, give them forty grand. It's you know it's not going to put a, a club in financial difficulty because they're probably going to get that anyway. But of course, Roger, there's there's a there's a suggestion. Well, it's more than a suggestion. I think I think the SPFL have admitted as much that there has always been a facility there for for clubs to apply for loans if they need it. Yeah, but as we said earlier on, there's a difference between a loan. And your prize money. Um, I'm not too sure all the clubs would necessarily want to tie themselves into a loan. I think a lot of clubs are quite happy um, simply to claim their prize money now in the belief that the season cannot and will not be played out. Um, one thing that hasn't been touched upon, if this lingers on and on, I think there's a growing belief in some circles within the Yes campaign that there would be enough of a mandate from the clubs who have already voted that the SPFL board could just force this through anyway. And if there were a legal challenge, say from Partick Thistle, who have clearly been seeking legal counsel today, from Hearts, from Stranra, from any of the clubs who deemed themselves to have been disadvantaged by the decision, if there was a legal challenge, the SPFL board, and I understand, feel that the legality would be on their side and they would win any court fight. Uh, Ian, let's push all the confusing stuff to one side and all the debate about the rules and, and what can and can't be broken just talk to us as a Partick Thistle fan about the, the reality that might be staring you in the face at the moment how, how worrying is it how does it make you feel well I think if we get down to the second uh, the next year it'll be really difficult to get back up we'll lose we'll difficulty attract players to get back up uh, a really really tough situation to get back up financially uh, I just wonder what's what did he actually open for out of this? It seemed that there seemed there must be something that won't plan. If they try to get put up to a fourteen team top league and get the top three from the championship put up. Because they and Inverness and Thistle apparently had an agreement according to the Inverness uh, chief executive. But they were all going to vote the same way and they told each other they were going to do it and they agreed to do it. Now can they have also changed their read for some reason and I just wonder what their end game is. Good question, Roger Hanna. Any idea? Well, we don't know. And listen, we can add this to the long list of questions we'll be asking John Nelms. But what I will say is that John Nelms, the longer he stretches this out, John Nelms is putting his reputation at stake. 
he's putting the reputation of Dundee at stake because whatever way this goes, Scottish football dictates there will be ill will towards John Nelms and Dundee going forward. If he votes yes, then the good people of Partick Thistle and Cali Thistle will have every right to feel that they have been mistreated by John Nelms and Dundee. If he votes no, there are people on the SPFL board who will think that it was a deliberate act just to put a spanner on the works, if you like. Um, and I think if he votes no, after everything that's happened in the last four or five, four or five days, I would not be at all surprised if the SPFL board tried to railroad this through anyway. Well, and I'm sure that would go down well. Um, Gordon, that's the thing you can speculate because if you're talking about league reconstruction, for instance, if it was to be a 14 team league, then well, Dundee, Dundee don't, don't, they don't they don't stand to immediately benefit from mm. it. With no relegation, then you know Hearts wouldn't come down to the Championship. Dundee United and Inverness would be out of it. Give would that, would that give Dundee a better chance of automatic promotion Wait, next season? It is just speculation because until such times as someone from the SPFL is willing to speak to us or until such times as John Nelms is willing to speak to us, what else can you go on? Yeah, exactly. Just speculation, Gordon. That's what we're doing uh, night in, night out now. The fact that you're right, it could be a case of get Dundee United, keep parts up there, get Inverness, another very good side, gives them a better opportunity next year to get promotion. Are they in hope that something that will never probably happen, 16-team league as people are shouting, which puts them up there? I don't think that is possible. Uh, reconstruction is not for me. I've got to say, I don't think that you can now change everything and say, right, let's have reconstruction, have have people that win titles go up, but don't have any relegation for people that are bought my league. So it's not. I don't think reconstruction is the way forward for me. Can you name the nine players who've made at least five appearances for Celtic or Rangers, but have also played for Dundee since 2010, and it does not include those who've played for Celtic or Rangers this season? So I think you've got... Paul McGowan You've got Calvin Miller And you've got Kenny Miller You've got three of nine That in the D one? Yes Four What about nine. Kevin Thompson? Yes That's five of nine So we've only got four to get We'll get them next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Tackling compensation claims For more than 40 years Talk to Thompson's.com Into the final part Of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna is in his living room How's that working out for you By the way Roger I, I realise that as the weeks go on My attention to, to Towards your Your health and well-being Diminishes Because we get caught up In all the SPFL madness And I haven't checked in To make sure your working from home Situation is okay Yeah I'm actually getting into Something of a routine It's going to be a culture shock to me When I Eventually have to go back Into the office In the city centre But yeah Coping okay so far Wait, in these strange times. And I wonder how Gordon DL's going to look the first Tuesday back after he's eaten 12 club biscuits every night for six months. Yeah, but hold on, hold on. I'm I'm doing a lot of miles just now. I've got to get the energy to burn, Gordon. You on know on the bike. I, I pass you often. Yeah, twice, yeah. That's often for me. Um, but I'm now, Monday to Friday, it's only fruit. And veg Right okay 01419511025 We are looking for your answers to The full time teaser as well I elite fruit club Exactly <laughs> yeah. or, Orange clubs don't count That's not one of your five a day That is That's one of my five a day Other biscuits are available Can you yeah. name the nine players Who've made at least five appearances For Celtic or Rangers 
And I've also played for Dundee The Kingmakers Since 2010 It does not include those Who've played for Celtic or Rangers This season You've got Paul McGowan Calvin Miller Darren O'Dea Kenny Miller And Kevin Thompson I'll take one more from you Roger hey, Jack Hendry He's played once for Celtic this season Once Oh, oh has he really? Oh. Yeah Patrick Thistle in the cup Roger I've got a, he, He's there just now Centre forward Kane Hemmings Oh that's a great shout That is a great shout Kane Hemmings You're happy with that Roger? Your teammates pulled one out of the bag I'm very very happy with that There we go We'll leave it there Keep then Keep yourself an extra biscuit Tonight does I think you've only got How many have you got to go? No idea Three. three Three to go Plenty of time about, Plenty of time If I'm not getting Jack Henry What about Scott he's Bain played. Has he played yeah, for Celtic this yep. season? Yep Alright three to get Plenty of time to get them Let's speak to um, In fact there's a question From Ian McDonald For you on Twitter first He says Do you know the balance That would be due to each club If the league was called The forfeit chairman's confirmed It would be £3,000 Clubs aren't due the full amount Money's already been paid to them Throughout the season Roger yeah, um, I think the balance we're talking about is, oh, now it was mentioned at the weekend. We actually, uh, uh, here's a wee bit of subliminal advertising for you, Gordon. We've broken it down in the Scottish Sun tomorrow, so you'll be able to see what each of the 42 clubs are getting. It stretches or would get if the resolution goes through. I think off the top of my head, it goes from something like 1.1 or 1.2 million for the Premiership champions down to about £16,000 for the team that finishes bottom of League 2. I think the total amount being handed out as prize money is something of the region of £9.3 million, and it goes on a sliding scale. And I think that accounts for about one-third of the monies that are handed out through the year. You know, a lot of the money staggered over 12 months. Um, it comes from things like the Sky TV deal, the sponsorship deal, albeit the Ladbrokes sponsorship's expiring at the end of this season, and sort of commercial activities. Um, the last payment was actually, which was the April payment, was actually paid three weeks early by the SPFL board in order to help clubs with cash flow at the start of the coronavirus crisis. So, the, you know, they were doing what they can then. They will argue, and again, it's down to that Articles of Association, Gordon, they will argue that they can't put out this chunk of money this 9.3 yeah. million until such times as the season is called I fear we've sort of answered Eddie and Ayr's question but I definitely want to get him on Eddie you were going to ask why not pay some of the money now is that is that fair is that a, a fair representation uh, that, uh, that, yes I was saying like, why can't they play like pay the amount for like say if you are sitting in sixth why can't they pay 8th place and the assumption that there's a possibility you're going to drop 2 spaces in the league at the most yeah Pay all the teams two spaces below. You'll not be far wrong at that. Clubs are going to get all the four long money that they get just now, and we wait till the 10th of June and play the season out. And all games getting played. I don't understand like why we've already spent spent three weeks in isolation. Probably another five weeks in isolation. Then why why can't the players then go back to training in the view of weeks getting started, games getting played by the tenth of June? Well, what because we then to give them training. Well, there's a couple of actually the answers to that are quite simple, Eddie, and you but you don't need to agree with them. So on your first point about the money, why can't it be given out? The SPFL's answer would sort of be 
because it just can't you know it's it's not in the rules but again loads of people are disagreeing with that Gordon's one of them you sound like you're one of them can we not come to some sort of arrangement where you change those rules or you bend them or whatever given that these are unprecedented times as everyone keeps talking about um and and on the second point Eddie that's that's now you know Scottish football advice in line with government medical advice no one's going to resume training before June the 10th at the very earliest yeah so that you know that's problematic. You're you're sort of saying, can we not look to start games in June the tenth? The answer is no, well, not even close. Well, government government advice is like you're not supposed to be working. Like we we've been working there at the SCCC, maybe five hundred of people in there for the last three weeks to turn that We can do that. So how can players not isolate for eight weeks in their home? If you isolate for eight weeks in the home, you're not going to have the virus. Then give them four weeks of training, mixing together, just leaving the house. Going to their training and going back home, they're only mixing with players. It's already done eight weeks of isolation. Then they're fit to play in the tenth of June, which is twelve weeks away. I mean, Roger, Eddie's building the case, but it's got to be a bit more complex than that when it comes to to, to the virus, the bit that we can't control. Yeah, and listen, Eddie's allowed to work just now, but presumably Eddie will be described as a key worker. I don't think footballers yet have the um, the tag of key workers as, as you know the government would. Suggest um, you're right. The medical advice, and it's been embraced by both the SPFL and the SFA, is that you will not be able to train till June the 10th at the earliest. It's part of the social distancing rules. You can't have gatherings of more than two people together. Um, by that stage, players will have been off for three months. They won't have been training at all. They'll be doing a bit of light work individually, as you see footballers doing on, on their social media. But they, they won't have done any proper organised training with one another. Um, again, the medical advice that the football authorities have chosen to take on board is that it would take six weeks for them to get back up to the physical condition that will be required to play three games of football in a week. And that's so still up for debate as, as well, though, isn't it? Sorry, that, I mean there are a lot of people out there oh, who, who don't buy that six week. Of window. course, there are. Listen, I was I was seeing was it Ryan Stevenson in one of the papers this morning saying, "Oh, a fortnight would do." Is that's Ryan's opinion, but the league and the and the SFA have chosen to take on board the government medical advice. I'm not saying that's the correct thing to do. I'll tell you, as a matter of fact, yep. that is what they have done. Absolutely. So that advice is: don't train to June the tenth. Don't play to July the twenty second. And that is how the, the Scottish Football Authorities are looking at it at the minute. Now, come July the 22nd, you might find you're kicking off in the 2020-21 season. Yep. You might find you're still playing the 2019-20 season. I personally am not convinced we'll be kicking off any season on the 22nd of July. I think we might have to wait a bit longer from there. OK, thank you very much, Eddie. In air, you two have still got a couple more on the teaser. Let's go. I've got one. Go for it. Is there now, Graham Dorrance? Yes, Graham Dorrance. Roger, come on, help out now. What about Steve Simonson? Brilliant, well done. Ah, oh, Roger. One more. Oh, I'm struggling now. Um, I think one. we might be. I think it could be too early. It's not Barry Nicholson, no, is it? No, no, no. What, he had about three spells. Rob Douglas. No. Is he still playing? Yeah. He is that a former Celtic player. Rangers burst onto former the scene Rangers. in quite dramatic fashion as a Rangers youngster. Rangers career didn't quite take off Down south And recently up to Dundee Is it Jordan something? Greg Wilde? No Greg Wilde, great ever. You're in the right era For the, the Rangers breakthrough <clears throat> Clue Apart from all that Initial J 
N J-N Oh, Jimmy Ness Jimmy Ness We got there in the end Thank you Roger Hanna And Gordon DL Thank you for all your calls And tweets And for joining us We're back tomorrow From 6 with Mark Guidi And Jim Duffy And Callum Gallagher Is up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Your comeback Is on Talk to Thompson's.com